like I kind of lucked out and got the Dior ones, and I've only won them once, and that was to like Game Six of last uh, year Finals. Ah, uh, Game Six. Yeah, and even then I was kind of right, telling people, "All right, you're too close." It was, <laughs> it was just too much. I had to take them off after a while. I bet, I bet, I bet. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Yeah, you can't you can't put iron on that. You can't you can't you can't straighten out the creases on that either. It's, it's a bit. Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Today we have one of the stars from the hit show, Mayor of Kingstown, all the way from the UK, my boy, Toby Fantafa. How you doing? I'm okay, you know, can't complain. Like like I was saying, you know, the snow put an early damp on my day, but, you know, I'm going to put my beaters yeah. on. And, you know, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. let that stop me. All right, man. All right, man. That's all good, man. That's good. That's good. That's good. You know, so before we before we get into the show, you like like I didn't know your your father is a famous actor over in Nigeria. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have a hard time, you know, kind of breaking out of his shadow, like in forging your own path? Um, that's a that's a really good question, actually. But um, I wouldn't say I had a hard time. It was more a case of uh, I sort of I kind of learned how kind of how he moves around and stuff how he carries himself um also with my mom so it was it was interesting but there, there were a couple of times where um i did feel kind of uh overlooked if you know what i mean you know like um like my dad would go out for example and you know people know who he is sometimes if he comes to london and he's walking down central london um, Nigerians especially know who he is and stuff so they kind of stop taking pictures and everything like that and they would kind of just put push me to the side and everything and it was a it was, it was I had moments like that but um in in all of that time I never really felt like th th that wasn't my moment I've never felt like it was my moment so I didn't I didn't take any of that to heart um and so yeah my, my, my dad has also been he's also one of those guys who sort of uh He's uh he would just from his perspective, if I, any decision I made, he would always ensure me that you know I have to I have to sort of approach it um and be a and own own the decision, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was it was just it was just one of those ones. And I, yeah, I never really felt like like uh, it was it was difficult. You know, has that dynamic changed since you like kind of grown into your own as an actor? Like when you guys walk down the street, do they like um do people want to start you know take pictures with both of you or is it kind of still the same? Uh I don't know. I haven't actually I haven't we haven't had the opportunity. So my dad lives in Nigeria and um and I and I live in England. So we haven't really had that the opportunity to to do all of that. But I think I think I don't know. It, things might change now. I mean there 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 are people are watching the show out there. Um, people also watch, I had an interview on CNN and stuff and people are kind of watching, they're seeing that. So, I mean, they're seeing stuff that I haven't seen, like interviews that I haven't seen and stuff like that. And, um, so it's kind of like, it's all, it's all gone through the grapevine and sort of spread out. Like I've got aunties that I haven't spoken to in years 
drop me messages saying congrats and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you might, you might when I go see him and stuff, or when he comes here. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows what might happen? But nobody really recognizes me as much here. It's more in America, so that's like that. That's also a different spin on it as well. So yeah, you know, most of my um favorite shows, you know, like the leads. They're like all British actors. And like for the most part, like I didn't know that they were British until like I seen them in interviews or like at the red. Oh, really? (laughs) um, What kind of separates, you know, like UK actors from, you know, their American counterparts? Um I don't I don't know. I don't know what 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 that is. What what I can say is that. Um, what I can say is that from from the British perspective, there's uh, there's often a lot um, of research that we have to undergo in order to uh, um, in order to play American characters. You know, especially if you know there are um, um, uh, especially if we play like uh, um, people who have lived, you know, um, historical figures and such. Mm-hmm. But um, but that 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 process isn't it's it's not exclusive to just to just British actors, and um, I think it's I think it's also it's also important to note that it's it's not also not just British actors. Like I think, uh, um, if if I if I'm correct me if I'm mistaken, but a lot of the um the Marvel franchise, a lot of it actually has, uh, um um non-American uh, um actors playing several roles. I think Scarlett Johansson is from South Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Um uh, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is Australian. Um Lupita's Mexican and Kenyan, uh, you know, and you know, stuff like that. And so it's it's I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what that what that debarkation is. All I know is that I have a process and which is which may or may not be. I didn't go to drama school either. So I even then I'm I'm slightly separate from my British counterparts, you know, who who did they some of them went to drama school, some of them went to acting classes and stuff like that. So they sort of learned that way. I I, I learned on the job. So my experience is very specific. So it's it's kind of difficult for me to 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 have an opinion on on what you just asked. It's yeah, yeah, that, that's that's it. That's what I can say really. You know, uh, mayor of Kingstown, you know, is getting like rave reviews. You know, everybody's mm. talking about it. You know, like every time I log on to Twitter, you know, I I, I see people tweeting about the show. And then after log mm. on, those people like always tweet out spoilers and stuff. Spoil- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, like, how excited are you for like all the success that the show has had? Man, I'm, I'm really excited, man. I'm 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 really excited. It's it's uh. It's actually quite, I, I'm finding it quite difficult to contain uh, myself in this because this is this is the largest role I've I've ever played, you know, and it's it's uh, it's on a massive massive production um, with with uh, arguably one of the most famous men on the planet, you know what I mean, and and so so just. Just, just being in that environment is something that I, I cherish, and it's I have to, I I often have to take moments just throughout my day, just to, kind of just to be present and just be like I'm actually here, you know, um, I'm really in this, I'm on, I'm on this set, I'm in this building, I'm, you know, whatever scene it is, and I'm there, there was there was a day when the first day, my first day on set in, on season one, um, 
I pulled up the set and um, I had had a conversation with Taylor Sheridan prior to me even coming out to film and stuff. And uh, when I showed up on set, um, I just, I saw him, it was, uh, it was him, uh, some of the producers and, uh, and uh, um, Jeremy Renner and uh, Carl Chandler, and they were shooting a scene right by the water. And it was actually the scene where in season one, where they say, I think it was fucking Monday. So that was the line. Let's go see Bunny fucking Monday. So I just remember when I walked in, they were shooting that scene and I remember seeing Taylor Sheridan and I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, that's a true to God cowboy. Like this, this is the kind of person that I've seen in Westerns and stuff, right? And then I look to my right and they're, they're filming the scene with Jeremy and Khan and stuff. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, that's, these are, these are real life. This is Hollywood. This is real life Hollywood actors that I'm looking at playing out a scene on, on a huge production. And I, I just, I kind of had to take a moment there. There, there are times where I often have to stop myself from crying just just out of pure joy. Um, um, but I, I'm learning to not do that as much, kind of just let it all flow through and stuff, you know, and just be grateful and all of that. But yeah, it's it's re- it, it's really difficult to contain my excitement for all of it. It's, it's And the story is just wild as well, you know, even some of the some of the actors that I've, I've spoken to, especially like Hugh Dillon. Hugh Dillon is uh, is one of the co-creators of the show. And the show is basically based on his life, right? Or his experiences and stuff. And just even just talking to him, I'm kind of like, I can't believe that, you know, I'm even here talking to you. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's fantastic. You know, what was it like working opposite Jeremy Renner? Like, I know you just expressed, you know, how excited you were, but like, mm. but would you like liken it to like, all right, it was game seven. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Game seven. There's like twenty seconds on the clock, and if you 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 need to have at that moment in time, you would need to have had like what at least ten years worth of worth of trainings. You know what I mean? You should have you should have already made playoffs like a couple times before you get to that final shot, and you got one shot. That's it. That's how. That's what it felt like. Um, I had to all all of my years of experience. And all of my life experience, as well as professional experience, I had to I had to really hone in and bring all of that into working with this guy because this is this is this is Jeremy Renner we're talking about, you know. So I, there wasn't a really, there wasn't a moment where I I felt um, uh, com- comfortable, which is and I don't mean that in a bad way. It just it just means that I had to really be on my toes. I had to make sure that I was prepared, you know, um, before I even got to set. And for me, I'm not American. So my research had to be on point. My accent had to be on point. I needed to make sure that all of that was um was 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 locked in and and I'd honed it. Um even right down to studying, you know, the uh, gangs and gang culture, all of that kind of stuff. Um I just I had to I had to really make sure that I was prepared before I come to set. And Otherwise, if I don't, if I didn't have that, it would, it would, it would show, it would show on set, you know, I'd be shown up, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm standing next to one of the greats. And if, if, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm a bit shaky, you know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to dunk on my face, you know what I mean? So I don't really want that. So, yeah. You know, how's Jeremy doing since, since the accident? Have you spoken to him 
sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I sent I sent him a, I sent him an email, um, sent him a couple of messages and stuff like that. I think I think his uh his he's got a really good team of people around him. So he's he's focusing on on just on recovering. And from what we've seen on social media and the news and stuff, you know, he's he's got he's got the He's got his uh his recovery plan set out, so he's got he's doing the physios and stuff like that, and which is which is which are they're really they're all really positive signs to see. So, um, on our side, we're just we're just praying that this guy you know comes out of it, you know, even stronger. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah, he, his health is paramount at this point. You know, I like the way that Bunny kind of yields yields his power. You know, as one of the, the um primary crime bosses and like and. Mm. And he did it all from like in the same chair, like the whole series. <laughs> you know, what kind of sets Bunny apart from like, you know, the other crime bosses? Um I would say I would say perhaps his his humor is is one because humor is humor is uh is a tool that can often be used to soften soften a blow or often be used to cope. And um, it's also something ironically that is that most of us kind of relate to if somebody if somebody uh, makes you laugh you are more you become more recept receptive towards them you know and so I think I think that's I think that's one of the things that um that 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 makes makes bunny sort of who he is and what separates him from I guess the rest of them other other than that he's just as vicious and just as um he, he can make some really hard decisions but um they're not they're not decisions made in cruelty he's uh he's very he's he's very conscious of of the the kinds of decisions that he makes and how it affects his people because ultimately his goal is not one of greed his goal is actually one of just um trying to survive this not just survive but live and thrive in this world albeit through morally questionable means you know you know, um, in season two, your character is in jail, um, and like you have to fix all the problems that, that's um, happening within the gang that you're associated with. You know, right. like I've never been to jail before, but like I know jail makes people um, much more ruthless. Mm. You know, is that experience gonna um, reflect in Bunny? Uh, we'll have to see in it. We'll have to see. I don't want to spoil nothing for you, but um, yeah, we'll have to see. I think. One of the things that I was conscious about, and also the, which is part of my research, was how um, prison psychologically affects people, um, just individuals, and and maybe and also like as a group. Um, but that that world that world is is not um, it's not an easy one to to survive in. Um, um, I spent I spent some time before before filming all of those scenes. I spent some time actually sitting inside a cell or, or what would have been or what would be a cell you know that that you would place a, a um an inmate in and it's i found it to be um, quite claustrophobic and i'm six three six four um so just just being in that it was it was really difficult to move but now imagine and that's just me being in it for like a good half an hour maybe an hour or so now imagine if you've got years you know on that in that small box and you know you've got your your commissaries and stuff like that, and and your mattress and everything, and 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 you also have to deal with days in which sometimes it's really hot, but you're also caged and you can't go anywhere. It's it's that in itself, coupled with the years 
you have to contemplate being in this environment is that that can really do a number on your mental health um, and also your physical health. Um, so I think I would like to think that the research that I did plays out throughout the rest of the episode. But yeah, we'll find out what happens to Bunny. We, I don't even know if he's going to be out or not. Who knows? <laughs> Non-spoilers. You know, exactly. <laughs> You know, mayor of Kingstown, it kind of touches on, you know, corruption within the criminal justice system um, mm. here in America. Is it like that mm. over in the UK, too, especially when it comes to like black and brown? Um, sorry, repeat the question. Sorry, you kind of you cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. I was saying um, that the mayor of Kingstown kind of touches on corruption within the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. uh, I know in America, you know, the disparities between sentencing with black and brown people is kind of mm -hmm. high is it like that in the uk too yeah 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 i would say i would say it's quite similar um i don't have the figures uh at hand but it is quite similar especially with the um the it, the, the sentencing can be also harsher um uh, for people of color and stuff so yeah it is similar but that's not that's not something that is exclusive to just um um uh america or europe i think just the prisons in general um just the the idea of it is um is a <laughs> it's a global phenomenon which which uh i guess it makes sense but the the results aren't necessarily the best um if because we're talking about corrections but people often come out worse than they went in you know so um, that that's that that that's a that's a that's a conversation that we require a lot of research on my part anyway for me to discuss. But yeah, it's it's something that I I noticed from my country and anyway, the corruption that takes place in all of those in in, in the in these worlds and um, and the violence that follows that also is is one that is that happens globally. You know, and it's like Kanye said, Jerome is going to get more time than Brandon, so. Right, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Then, now then, it's like all of the the the, the racial nuances of um of of uh, and stereotyping, I guess, of of uh, of people, particularly people who live in relatively diverse countries and stuff. But yeah, guess wild. You know, um, while we're on the UK, uh, I was wondering, what is sneaker culture like? Oh, like over there? It's huge. Sneaker culture is huge out here. It's huge out here. There's actually there's a there's a um, these guys this uh, this company that I follow they're called Kitgate and they they they've just opened up stores and stuff I think they've opened up a store in in Birmingham and also in 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 London and stuff but they have like they have I guess they I guess I would say that they kind of almost at the forefront if not are at the forefront of the of the whole sneaker culture you know they 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 showcase a lot of like rare um, artistic uh, um, sometimes. Um, <laughs> quite impressive uh, collections of um, of sneakers. But um, I used to work at Nike. So, and I kind of, I became a sneakerhead after working there. And I, I guess I say I became a sneaker. I used to get free free sneakers, you know what I mean? Just for work and stuff. And we also had a massive discount. I think the discount was significant enough to, to where I was paying maybe 20, 30 pounds for sneakers and stuff where everybody's paying like 160. So, you know, um, that that it's it's huge it's huge we would have queues going outside people will queue up overnight sometimes to 48 hours in advance for a new release of some of of uh, jordans you know and um 
yeah it's it's massive it's massive it's a it's a budding it's a huge culture in itself and um yeah the only thing is just that the sneakers are getting a little bit more and more expensive it's kind of it was kind of i'm getting older as well so i'm kind of like i don't know if i can spend it on this my wife is looking at me weird like dude <laughs> you got bills to pay bro you know what i mean <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I her in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For real. You know, in New York, we're synonymous with um, Air Force Ones and um, Tims. Is there sneakers? Tims, yeah, that the UK is um, famous for. Um, Air Max Nineties. Sometimes Air Max Ones, Air Max Nineties. Um, at the moment, I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of New Balance. New Balance is kind of popping off as well, but it, the, the staples obviously are there. The uh, Jordans, uh, um, Jordan. I'm 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 uh, I'm partial to Jordan One. I like the ones um, uh, and the fours. Um, I'm really I love those. Uh, um, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, and Harachis actually. Harachis. I don't know if you. Yeah, the ones with the strap at the back and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it's really it's really it's it's those ones, but the the shoes that the, the sneakers that are quintessentially British, I would say, are the Air Max Nineties and the Air Max Ones. Those two are the ones, and and TNs, Nike TNs, because like, I remember that. This is like back in the day. Now I think I'm showing my age, but when I was a teenager, that was what was popping off. You know, TNs. Everybody had a pair of TNs and um, some Rockports when we would wear that to school and hide it in our shoe bag because we couldn't wear sneakers to school. You know that kind of stuff. But, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um like this year we're only into march and um like mm. there's been like so many jordan 2 releases already and mm. like and much more on the horizon you know i think this mm. is of the jordan 2 are you are you a jordan 2 fan um i i like the don c ones the high ones okay yeah 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 that's about the only silhouette that i like like i mean i I was gifted the off-white low ones, the ones that, Ooh. that look like bowling shoes. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, like but, them? Um, not really, but you know, it'll get <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. I'm just not really a big Jordan 2 fan. Like for me, it's one, um, five, seven, um, oh, sevens, yeah, seven would be sweet. Okay. And ten. 12, 13, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I like I like all of the ones I like. Sorry, I like one. Uh, I like the Jordan ones. Um, I really love the fours, especially like the um, I forgot what they're called. Um, they were great, but they had like this. Uh, um, um, they had uh, like the fluorescent green accents on them. Um, I forgot what that, but that that's my favorite colorway. Um, and um, I do actually quite like the sixes, um, but I like the uh, um, Carmines. Oh car my sixes, yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why though. There was a so I had a I had a mate, his name's Dwayne, and he was he had phone posits, he had a room full of phone posits. But the sixes, when that came out in the store, there was a queue outside. People were waiting for about two days for the car mines to come out. And I remember Dwayne was telling me, Dwayne's American, but he lives in England, and Dwayne was telling me he was like, dog. You got to get these, dog. I'm telling you, you got to get them. You got to get them. I'm telling you, you sleep on these, you're going to regret it. And I, I didn't buy them. I regretted it. I should have bought them because those sneakers now, I think when they came out, they were 160, but people were selling them for 400. 
when they came out and I didn't understand. I didn't understand why, but this is not even not even just a reseller or anything like that. These were resellers, you know what I mean? But it was more, it was just just for the um just for the fact that the colorway was so distinctive. Um and, and the shoe itself, obviously it's the six inch, you know what I mean? But um, but just that colorway was just it, it kind of it kind of stood out from everything and um the really bold colors, you know, with really bold design and and yeah, I, I slept on them. So but yeah, I would say Carmine Sixes, I would say. You know, did you see the recent collab between the Air Force ones and um Tiffany's? No, I'm gonna Google that right now, actually. It's a black Air Force One with um I think green accents and like the Nike check is is green. I mean okay, to, okay. to me it's nothing special, but but you know the resell is gonna Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna go up in value, of course, because it's yeah. Tiffany's in it. <laughs> Air Force and Tiffany's, let me see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen these actually. Big laces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, they were they were right, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they're just too basic for me. Yeah, yeah, they're all right. I, I can see, but just a nice pair of jeans. If I wear a nice pair of jeans with these, and the, I, I guess the swoosh, obviously that stands out. Um, yeah, I've, I've never, I've never, um, I've never really worn Air Forces uh, before. I think. Because I've always felt like they were too chunky because of my height and my build. So when I'm walking around in them, it just I feel extra heavy. But then I, I like I like big shoes. Like I've got a pair of up tempos, you know. And um and they they're like they're chunky shoes, you know what I mean? So the Air Force is I think it doesn't really make sense, but yeah. Yeah, but but you gotta rock the um Air Force ones, the lows, but buy like three or four pairs of them because you know after like two or three wears. Yeah, they crease and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes, so. Yeah. I I used to, I used to sell the um, you know, the the crease protectors. So you have to put them in into into the shoe, obviously, to kind of push it up a little bit. And yeah. I don't really know how much that works because you can still see the crease line. Uh, I used to so. get mine out with with the iron. You used to you you had to wet the shoe. I forgot how I did it. You had to put the iron on the lowest setting. You put like newspaper or whatever to bulk up the shoe, and you oh. put like wet cloth on the shoe, and then kind of just kind of damp it out. Right, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's what I used to do. I haven't done it in a while, but and that doesn't damage the shoe. No, but you have to put the iron like on the lowest setting possible. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Never thought about that. I never thought about that. Oh yeah, I used, I used to know all the tricks to save money here and there, so I went to buy a new pair. Ah, uh, Air Force Ones, because man, I was running through them like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't think about that. That's that's interesting. I might try that actually. I, well, I don't have a pair anymore, but yeah, just yeah. Try, try it with an old pair because it's it's yeah. going to for you to like actually get the actual mechanics right. Hmm. It also depends on the iron too. So, I have a pair of bread ones though from from twenty uh, bread ones from twenty sixteen, but um, I don't know if that works. They they're quite old, and I, I wore those to like the back. You know, the back of the heel was like chewed up. <laughs> the back, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just practice on them. So, 
Yeah, I think I'll try that. I think I'll try that because I've been I've been looking to rejuvenate those because they they were my favorite. They were my favorite also. Like I, I, out of all the ones that I have, um, them ones and the um and the uh, um, what's the what's the blue ones? What's the uh, royal blues? Is it royal blues? Oh yeah, the royal blues. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I had those in Flynet. Mm-hmm. Those are the Flynet ones. They're high top, but the bread ones that I have are low tops. But yeah, yeah. Do you rock any off white joint? I, I can't afford it. No, I'm 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 scared to rock any of mine. So. Yeah, I can't afford it. I can't because if I if I get them, I, I I don't think I don't think I would wear them. I would just have to put them up on. Yeah, I just have to walk around with them in my hand like this and be like, yeah, I just exactly. rock, rock some slippers. You know what I mean? Like me. <laughs> you like yeah. Like I kind of lucked out and got the Dior ones, and I've only worn them once, and that was to like Game Six of last uh, year Finals. Ah, uh, Game Six. Yeah, and even then I was kind of all right, telling people, "All right, you're too close." Yeah. It, was, it was just too much. <laughs> I had to take them off after a while. I bet, I bet, I bet. It's a bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> you, you can't, you can't put iron on that. You can't, you can't, you can't straighten out the creases on that either. It's, it's a bit. Yeah, so now, yeah. like, I got my wear out of them, so now they just kind of just sitting. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I see you rocking the the um Chicago Bulls hoodie. Is 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 that your team? Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it is my team. But I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan as well. Um, especially after um, I've always been a Michael Jordan fan, but especially after watching um. Uh, the, uh, the last dance, yeah. Especially after watching that and kind of seeing, because I, I used to watch tapes. I, ha- I have, um, I have the uh, um, what do you call it? The um, the NBA subscription. Mm-hmm. So I watch like all, all kind of all the old games, especially Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and Shaq. I, wa- I watch those those three guys. I watch all of their old games a lot, and um, but then. Obviously, when you're watching the games, you don't really know what's going out, what's going on behind the scenes. And obviously, Michael Jordan was, I was young when he was playing. So, you know, you, you miss out on all of the all of the, the story and all the drama and stuff like that. So watching The Last Dance was a chance for me to really know who he is or know what he went through as, just as an individual as well as a basketball player. And I was really inspired by, by everything that he's achieved and sort of, and I got to understand the kind of person he is and also you know listening to Kobe Bryant rest in peace you know talk about him and kind of talk about their um their their kinship their rivalry slash mentoring slash friends slash you know whatever that was um seeing it from 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 that perspective kind of like an older brother younger brother kind of relationship they had um it it it, it it felt really human to me, and I could relate um, to both of them um, just just on a, on a human level. So yeah, um, I, I'm a, I'm a Jordan's fan, but I really like the Bulls. I like the colorway. I like the logo. I like the uh, just the black and red. I like the fact that you know um, when the ones came out, you know, there's a whole history behind it. You know, when the ones came out, Nike was uh, was fined, you know, um, for for releasing the sneakers and stuff. So that just the history around all of that is just, I, I love it. So, yeah. yeah and I kind of like it because, like, to me, the sneakers anti-establishment 
and it's exactly. kind of like a rebel sneaker and like deep down inside yeah, that's what yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. It means it's just it's it's like it's almost like a it was a form of expression in itself, which in which, like you said, it's in the in the the anti-establishment of of the NBA at the time was one such where you know people were wearing everybody was was it Converse at the time that everybody had to wear the same white sneakers and stuff like that and sort of dressed the same. But that I think that moment kind of changed how players express themselves and it almost freed up the game in a sense as well because the games the the way the game was played back then is completely different to how it's played now um uh, and we're seeing we're seeing people we're seeing people pull off moves and we're also seeing gameplay that is that is so so distinctive and so so out there that you wouldn't even you would never have considered that years ago yeah you know, the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game was this past weekend. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm no NBA player, but I think I could put up a good 15 points in that game. You, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your stat line if you played in the, in the Celebrity Game? In it? <laughs> so, um, let me see. I would say, yeah, in my heyday, when I played ball, before my injury, I had two spots I could shoot from at quite a high degree of accuracy. And those were on the baseline on either end. If I oh. get to those spots, I'm fine. I don't need to see the backboard. It's going in. Um, and I was also quite quick for my height. But that put a lot of strain on my knees. So um, I, would, I reckon I could put down... I don't think I'll be able to put down up to, in a game like that. I don't think I'll be able to put down maybe 15. I mean, they'd have to let me go. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not as quick as I used to be, but um, I, I would say maybe a good 10, 10 points. I could, I could rack, I could rack up 10 points. Yeah. A couple threes, a little like, layup here and there. I've seen these games in person. I think you can put up at least 20. You reckon? Yeah. Uh, I don't have a six pack anymore. You know, I've got, I've, I'm carrying like another person here, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's generous of you. Thank you. You know, which NBA player would make the best prison boss on Mayor of Kingstown? You know, I think Brian Brooks in Memphis might be a good one, or um, Pat Beverly. He just signed with the Bulls. I think he might make mm. a crime boss since he's always with the shits. Mm. I, I would say, I would say, well, he's not playing now, but. Um, I would say Gasol, Paul Gasol. I would say, and oh, okay. trying to think of now. he looks like a um, big time Colombian drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say Paul Gasol, man. I think I think Paul Gasol has has some leadership qualities about him, but he also deferred to Kobe a lot. So, you know, they had this understanding. But if if Paul Gasol really got to it, or or even Manu, Manu Ginobili, like you know, if. Yeah, if if they if they really got into it, man, they could they could overtake the whole thing. So, yeah, I you know I'll put my money on manager nobly actually. All right. So on the flip side of that, like, which NBA player would make the best cop? Because something tells me a guy like Chris Paul, who's always telling on people, will um, will make a Chris good. Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul. Or, <laughs> He's always telling on people. Yeah, Chris Paul. <laughs> or, um, I think you think LeBron? Oh yeah, yeah. He'd make a good detective as well. He'd be like, I think, he, yeah, I can see that. Um, Chris Paul, Chris you know, Paul, yeah. 
you know Chris Paul is always telling. He'll be the main yeah. one trying to jam somebody up. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's called it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving. I think he'd make a good police officer. I'm not calling him an up, by the way. I'm not saying just yeah, I think I think he'd make a good police officer. I think he's skillful enough. He'll be catching people left, right, and center. They wouldn't even know it. So I <laughs> I think Kyrie would be one of them cops like the supervisor would tell him or the commanding the commanding officer would yeah. tell him X, Y, and Z, and then he'll go off and do his own thing. Yeah, yeah, he would. He'll be he'll be like <laughs> like Will Smith in Bad Boys, like one of them guys. Just you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. All right, Toby. You know, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was a dope conversation. Likewise, man. You know, it was early in the morning on my end, midday on your end. You know, yeah. I want to thank you for joining me today. Do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on? Um, nothing that I can speak on just just yet. But um, I will say, uh, Mayor of Kingstown, obviously, um, episodes air every Sunday um in in america and mondays in the uk so yeah if you guys if you guys are really rocking with the show then yeah just catch up on it on that season one is already out on there so you can binge that season two we're getting up to episode seven now so yeah man just get on it get on it 